Welcome to the Utility Player Podcast, Episode 3. Here we go. Sorry for the long long break this time around, guys. Was out of town for business um, and just kind of was catching up a little bit so I didn't get to post a pod last week. Regardless, I'm back and I'm ready to talk. Something that I wanted to go over first and foremost, and this was a request from some people I know, trying to get me to kind of shoot the shit a little bit more, just to be frank. Like, why do I even do this podcast? Why think it, Why do I think I'd be good at it? And why I think you should listen and tell people to listen as well. So, first and foremost, I am an absolute basketball and sports junkie. I am obsessed with all things sports. I'm going to watch everything and do everything like that. But, you know, I just really love to talk about it. I feel like I have a personality, and I hope you think so too, where I can kind of just talk about it with anybody. You know, I like to talk about Wimbledon when the time comes for it. I like to talk about the U.S. Open and golf. You know, I just really, really want to share with the world my love of sports. And I hope anybody who listens to it will think that too and will start to like sports more and want to come on to talk about it and things like that. You know, so I just really, really want to make this as, as more fun and casual than the past two. All right, let's see how it goes. First things first, on my agenda, I want to go over the NFL draft. I know I pumped this up, episode two, when my friend Bank came on, we really, really broke down the top 12 picks, and you know what? We were wrong. Like, completely wrong. <laughs> I think we both didn't believe the Baker Mayfield hype uh, going to one in Cleveland. And you know, we couldn't have been more wrong. Baker did go one. And that was a surprise, you know. Again, I know Schefter was reporting it earlier in the week. It was still a surprise to me. I still had Darnold going one no matter what. But, you know, seems like Cleveland's really happy with him. You know, I do think he is a good fit in a lot of ways just because I think that personality is something that Cleveland really wanted and hasn't had in a long time. When is the last time they had a face of the franchise? Tim Couch? I mean, we all know Johnny Manziel wasn't, that's for sure. So I think that was a big part of why they did that, and we'll see how it goes. You know, I think Tyrod looks like he's going to start year one. Hugh doubled down on that this past week, and I think that's fine in all honesty. Let Baker go learn the system. He's going from the spread. You know, I wouldn't even be surprised if they sprinkle him in a little bit just to get a couple snaps, maybe even some run pass options, you know. I, I just think it could be interesting. And if they stink, if they start out the year 0-8, 2-10, whatever it is, just go with Mayfield. Let him get some experience before he really, really goes to a year two. Uh, big focus for this draft. We were talking about the Giants a lot and what they were going to do at two. You know, I had my beliefs. I didn't think they were going to go quarterback, but I did think they were going to take Bradley Chubb. You know, it turns out those Barkley rumors were 100% true. And after hearing Dave Gettleman talk about it, you know, and even though I got to admit, I was very upset when he was doing the fake keyboard thing, (laughs) you know, again, it's funny, but it's also troubling as a sport, as a Giants fan. I'm a huge believer in analytics. I mean, think about the teams that use it the most. The Eagles just won the Super Bowl using it. Hello, Dave. But I think more than anything, hearing him, hearing John Mara talk about it, Steve Tisch, They were in love with Saquon Barkley, the person, as much as they were the player. And I think when they had some bad publicity with a few of their last first-round picks, i.e. 
Eric Flowers and Eli Apple really just kind of not being the kind of people you want in your locker room. I think this was the kind of thing that they wanted to make this as clean of a pick as possible. And besides the fact that Saquon Barkley probably is the most talented running back to come out since Adrian Peterson, he may even be more talented because of his pass-catching abilities. I think that they really, really wanted to make sure this pick was going to represent that NY on and off the field. And, you know, again, I, I do question the positional value. I think that's something that they are going to look back on and wonder five years down the road if this was the right pick. But I do think that Saquon Barkley is going to be a tremendous player in the NFL. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he comes in and I'm not saying he's going to be Marshall Falk from day one, but his ability to catch the ball and run into the backfield, it will change the Giants offense dramatically. It really will help take the pressure off Eli. You know, I think it's something that they're going to be really, really looking at five years down the road and wondering if this was the right pick. But for today and for year one, he's going to be awesome. He's going to run for a lot of yards. They haven't had a thousand yard rusher since Ahmad Bradshaw. So I think it's really, really interesting. Um, And, you know, I think even more so besides the fact that I am coming around to the Saquon pick because I do think he's going to be great in week one versus Jacksonville. They're going to need to game plan for Saquon. I think the second round pick of Will Hernandez in a lot of ways might have me more excited for, for him versus Barkley. I think Hernandez is going to come in and start day one at guard. He's a mauler. He's going to say, he's going to be Saquon Barkley's best friend. Actually, he's going to be crushing linebackers and D tackles. You know, that was a really, really good pick, you know, getting him out of UTEP. He was dominant, albeit at a lower level, but then continued to dominate at the senior bowl and even at um, even at the combine, he was really, really putting his mark on it. You know, seems like day one starter, and you know their entire offensive line is going to look different this year. You know, you got Nate Solder, the big free agent signing, probably going to see Hernandez at left guard, being a rookie. Uh, Brett Jones, who did start a bunch of games for him last year, not in love with him at center. I think he's a little uh, limited at center for sure, but you know he's adequate. That's probably the best way I could describe him. Um, Omane that they signed from Jacksonville, you know, was a solid starter in Jacksonville last year. So I would expect the same. I'd expect him to be a solid starter here. And then right tackle is the free-for-all between Chad Wheeler, Adam Biznawati, and Flowers, if he's even on the team anymore. You know, it seems like they're all going to be competing at right tackle. But regardless, you have to think that is a better offensive line than they were trotting out last year, especially at the end of last year. That was pathetic. You know, I think it will help keep Eli upright and will help the running game drastically. You know, and if you run the ball better, play action threat, and with like Odell, Shepard, and Ingram running outside, it's a pretty formidable passing attack right there. So we'll see what happens. And more than anything from this draft, the takeaway as a New York Giants fan, you have to think the team is not moving on from Eli Manning anytime soon. Kyle Lalletta in the fourth round. Davis Webb in the third round last year, you know, perfectly fine picks, but it's very, very clear. They still believe in Eli. And, you know, who are we to judge? I thought in the games with Odell last year, he was a much, much better quarterback than in the games without Odell, which was most of the season. But, you know, when you have that threat on the outside, it does make Eli look a lot better. You know, we'll see. I mean, this roster is pretty much set for the most part. In my opinion, it looks more so like an eight-win team, give or take a few games. 
But that's that's where they're at. It's better than three. But, you know, they're always, from here on out, this Saquon Barkley pick is always going to be linked to the Jets at three, taking Sam Darnold. Because the Giants have the opportunity to take the quote-unquote safest player in this draft and the safest quarterback that's come out in years since Andrew Luck. And they didn't. And the crosstown rival, New York Jets, took him. So no matter how good Saquon Barkley is, and even if he's running for 1,500 yards each year, you know, catcher 500, 2,000 yards, he's Todd Gurley from last year. If Sam Darnold is throwing the ball for 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions, the Giants made the wrong pick. That's the only way to look at it. When you can establish a franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 12 years, that's worth the second pick in the draft. Way, way more than whatever it is Saquon could do at running back. It's going to be funny, you know, especially it's going to be in the same papers. It's going to be on the same websites. It's going to be on the same Twitter accounts, you know. Everyone's going to be comparing Saquon Barkley and Sam Darnold. And the Giants and Jets success are intertwined even more now than they ever were. You know, it's going to be really, really interesting. I do hope for the best for Darnold. I don't love the fit with the Jets. I just think I thought he would have fit in well with the Giants because of the talent around him. Whereas with the Jets, he doesn't have as much. But, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm hoping for the best for him and for the Jets. I hope they did find their quarterback in the future. But we will see. We will see. Some other picks that really interested me uh, in this draft, just going really at first round a little sporadically, I thought the Arizona Cardinals trading up for Josh Rosen was really, really interesting. Uh, I think he's a great fit out there in Arizona. You know, he seems like the kind of person where – the setting and where he is will affect how he plays. And I like him being more on the West over there. You know, tough defenses out there, but I like the fit there. And I think Larry Fitzgerald will be a great person to lean on in year one. And I think he could be successful there. I still worry about the injury history with him, but I think he could be successful there, which was a good pick by them. And they barely had to give up anything to move up. Uh, speaking of which, the, the Raiders, you know, John Gruden, first time back in 10 years, really interesting picks to say the least throughout the draft and even trading for Martavis Bryant, you know, just kind of doing things his own way. Um, we'll see how it goes. We really will. I think that he's still, he's a funny coach. Uh, I think he got overhyped for taking a defensive team to the Super Bowl when he was the offensive coach on that team. Uh, but you know, we'll see what happens. I get he'll at least make it more entertaining out in Oakland. That's for sure. Um, I thought some other extra picks. I love what the Packers did. You know, the ability to move around and get an extra first-round pick from next year for the Saints who moved up for Marcus Davenport and to still get the cornerback they wanted five picks later, that's tremendous. You really just can't play it any better than they did right there. Um, you know, the Saints, Marcus Davenport, I do think he's a really good fit. He better take them to the Super Bowl if you're going to be trading up a first-round pick like that. But um, really, really love what the Packers did there. And obviously the talk of the draft was the Seahawks taking Griffin in the fifth round, you know, only one hand, one inspirational story. Really, really love them doing that. You know, his twin brother on the team too. You just can't make that up. That's really, really special and happy that worked out in the NFL like that. It's really, really great. I thought the, the Patriots and Eagles were pretty, our two Super Bowl uh, teams from this past year, thought they were pretty low key. You know, the Eagles traded out of the first round, which we'll get to in a minute. And I think the Patriots were kind of surprising in that they just stood pat in the first round. You know, they obviously made their ton of trades later on, uh, 
But they just stood pat, took an offensive lineman win from Georgia. It's a good player, pretty solid, might be more of a guard. But, you know, with their offensive line coach, I trust him getting the most out of the, out of win. But it was a little surprising. They just stayed put there. And I think getting the, the running back from Georgia, Michael, in uh, at the 31st pick was interesting. You do wonder where he's going to play. They did lose Deion Lewis. Um, doesn't look good for Mike Gillespie there, fantasy owners, by the way. But I really, really think he's going to be a dynamic playmaker. They can even return kicks for him, too. You know, and Deion Lewis was very, very much might have been their best offensive player the second half of the year. So that was a nice little pickup uh, to compensate for losing Lewis to the Titans. And then the last pick in the draft, Lamar Jackson, uh, last pick in the first round, Lamar Jackson going 32nd to the Ravens. Really, really big wake-up call, Mr. Flacco, who only has, this is the last year of guaranteed money he has left. So hello, Joe, you better play well this year. But I thought it was a good pick by the Ravens. You know, at that, to get that fifth-year controlled option like uh, Bank and I were talking about last week is so, so huge. And I think he's a player. He's got a chance. So I like what the Ravens did. Why not just take the chance, see what happens, and give him a year or two to sit and learn, and maybe he could turn out to make a difference for the team. To get a potential quarterback for the next 10 years, it's worth whatever they gave up to move up to 32. I think moving on, um, like I said, we can talk about baseball too. Let's talk about some baseball. (laughs) The Yankees have been red hot recently. They, you know, and something that I am so excited to see, which I thought was dead, to be honest. The rivalry looks like it's back between the Yankees and the Red Sox. I think to see that last night with a really, really intense game, everybody was into it. Giancarlo hitting home runs. You know, it was an awesome game. And I think they're both really, really good this year, the Yankees and the Red Sox. And they're also both really young, too. So this could be the kind of thing where maybe we have another three- to four-year run like we had in the late 90s where these teams are just playing each other all the time, really, really good games, and just shaping the entire playoff race based on the Red Sox and the Yankees. It's really exciting. I think that's going to be awesome. And I think it's good for, it's good for baseball, frankly. It's just good for baseball. Um, speaking of which, what's good for baseball or what's not good for baseball, the Mets stink. I don't know what happened when they started the year. They look so good starting 11 and one. They stink. They just stink right now. Um, I hope they could turn it around because I do think there is still some talent there. And I like Callaway, the manager, but for whatever reason, this is just a team where they get a stink on them and it just lasts and lasts and lasts. Uh, I hope they can get out of the funk soon, but right now they really do not look good. Um, they really don't. They really don't. And also, one last thing to touch on for baseball, Mike Trout, awesome, awesome star. He is He's just incredible. He's just incredible. He is better than anyone could have ever imagined. And he's also, I mean, he's one of the, this, this start that he's had to his career is the best in history. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be the best player ever, but this guy is just out of this world good. Out of this world good. Love watching him play. Love watching the highlights. He just does everything right. Just does everything right. Moving on to what to me is the most pressing thing happening in the world of sports right now, the NBA playoffs. First and foremost, we got to start off with LeBron, who when I talked about on my first podcast, there was legitimate concern whether or not they were going to get out of the first round versus Indiana. 
And that series did go seven, and it was a tight game seven. It wasn't an easy one for Cleveland by any means. But LeBron, being LeBron, just absolutely owns Toronto. He went up there, they went and stole game one. He, he didn't play well. They were tired. They were gassed. They just played a seven-game series. And they still went in there and stole game one. Unbelievable. And then LeBron, game three, that shot, running back shot going left. You know, you can't even make that a game a horse. And he's just doing that to win games in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Unbelievable. And then just, they just blew him out in game four. And Cleveland gets a nice, easy rest, which with LeBron, as old as he is now in year 15, 16, whatever he is, just get some time to rest before the Eastern Conference Finals. You can't ask for better if you're Cleveland. You really can't. Even Kyle Korver, you know, that guy, he's up there in age two. But to allow them to rest is so, so critical and makes such a difference in the Eastern Conference Finals. Speaking of which, though, let's, let's backtrack for a second. The Toronto Raptors. I, I don't even know what you could do. You got the one seed. You got home court this year. Game one, you're in control. You got this, you got this. Then just choke. They just completely choked. DeMar DeRozan was a joke of a player in this series. You have to think about blowing it up altogether, don't you? I mean, Serge Ibaka is a unmovable contract. He's making over $20 million a year, and he's just not very good. But DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, maybe Valanchunas, I think you got to move them. Start it over, you know. Even if LeBron gets mad and goes to the Western Conference next year, how are you going to get through Boston with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward? How are you going to get through Philly with Embiid and Simmons? You know, Indiana's going to be better. Everybody's going to be a little bit better in the East. Toronto, they're just getting older. You know, it's just just blow it up if I was them. You have a solid little young core with Poitel, uh, Siakam, even though he can't shoot the ball, you know, Powell. Van Vliet, you know, you got some pieces there. Don't, right? Just, you got, you got to really do something. You're clearly not getting through Cleveland or the Eastern Conference. You know, blow it up, start over. Because that was just embarrassing. That really was. That really was. Um, for the games tonight, we're film, I'm filming this on a Wednesday. We have Boston and Philly game five tonight in Boston, which I was surprised to see Philly was favoring tonight. Um, Philly did take game four after that dramatic game three, which Philly, if they do lose this series, is going to be looking back on all, all summer. Um, I'm thinking Boston takes it tonight. They're so well coached. Brad Stevens, I can't believe he gets this much out of his team. It's unbelievable. Every single game, it's just the most they can get out of each and every player. Everyone knows their role and their defense is just incredible. I really, really... You know, it's, I'm a Knicks fan. I don't like to say this, but I like watching the Celtics play. I really, really do. And I'm, I'm excited for them to get Hayward and Kyrie next year. They're going to be heavy, heavy favorites in the East with that. And really, really like that team. You know, I think they would have a tough time with Cleveland. I just, even though Boston does have bodies to throw at LeBron, which is a huge, huge thing. You could throw Jalen Brown. You know, you could throw Marcus Morris. Um, you could throw... Uh, Tatum over there. So you could really throw some bodies on LeBron, but I just, I think he's too good for it to matter. But I think it's great to see Boston getting here as shorthanded as they are. Philly, you got to look at this a little bit of a missed opportunity right now. I think they could have won this series. Um, they just came out so flat in game one. 
but, you know, and game two and three, those were there for the taking for them. They just couldn't handle it. This might be one of those things where a young team like Philly, maybe they needed this playoff experience. And then next year, with maybe even a little bit of an improved roster, Mr. Paul George maybe, that they can really make this happen and get to the Eastern Conference Finals, NBA Finals, whatever it is. It's obviously a great young team. Simmons is just incredible. Even though he's had a bad series, I know he's just incredible. He really is. He's one of the best young players in this league, and he's a game changer. He's a legitimately game changer. Uh, Sitting up next, unbelievably excited for this Western Conference Finals. It's been talked about, I feel like, since Golden State and uh, Houston started the year, especially when Houston got hot, got really got going after Chris Paul came back. It's a series everybody wanted. It's it's the NBA Finals before the NBA Finals. I do worry sometimes when something like this happens where everybody hypes it up so much, oh, this will be the best series ever, when one team's just clearly better. You know, I think that's possible, but I'm hoping this goes six or seven. Regardless, I think I'm going to pick Golden State, though. I think the home court does help Houston, you know, because I think if this did go to Golden State and it came out 2-0, Houston would be done. I don't think they're making it out of five games if that happened. But with it being Houston to start, I like this series to go 1-1 to start, and then we'll see what happens. It becomes a five-game series at that point. And Chris Paul looked great in game five versus Utah. If he plays like that, Houston could take this. You know, I would imagine Golden State's favored, but Houston's a really, really good team. They have the bodies to throw at KD and Clay Thompson, P.J. Tucker, you have uh, Trevor Ariza, Bob Mute. They can do some work on KD. I think it's going to be a great series. I really, uh, th- You can't ask for more as an NBA fan. You really can't. This is exactly what we wanted. And I think it's going to be fascinating. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Should be great, though. A little bummed it doesn't start until Monday. You know, give him a, a lot of time off, which will help Steph. But should be a great series. Should be a great series. Really, really looking forward to it. Local NBA news, and we know that doesn't mean playoffs because we're Knicks fans. The Knicks hiring David Fisdale, you know, I kind of like it. What can we say? This is the first time in a long time where I'm actually looking at a Knicks coaching hire, and I see it all. It makes sense. Uh, I love the fit. You know, he is a player's coach. He really, the Miami guys, LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosch swear by him. I'm really looking forward to it. I think he's got a chance. He's going to be great with the New York media, which on a smaller level is a really big deal being a coach in New York. I think he's going to be really good with the media. You know, obviously the most important thing, he's going to have to develop uh, uh, Frank at point. He's going to have to develop Moutier, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway, and most importantly, it's got to be the big guy, Przingis. Got to get Przingis going. You know, play him at center play him a power forward. And, you know, he, he might not play at all next year. Clyde Frazier just said that this uh, this past week. He doesn't think Porzingis is going to play all year. You know what? That's okay. You have our first-round pick next year. Let's just play these young guys. We'll take our lumps and see what happens. This team is not going to be competing next year, but let's just see what happens. Just play the young guys, work, get this team to be better, and kind of just see where we're at by January, February next year when he could be coming back. If we're in it in a playoff race, bring him back slowly and see what happens. But if we're out of it, just let him rehab, give him a full 18 months to get back from that ACL. He's too important to the future of this team. Way, way too important. And speaking of the future next 
uh, of the Knicks. Had the NBA draft lottery next week. Really fascinating. We have uh, a clear top few players with Aiden, Doncic, maybe Porter, Bamba, you know, things like that. As a Knicks fan, we're, at, we're sitting at nine right now. Really, really looking to get Mikael Bridges from Villanova. Love the fit, especially when I heard the Knicks talking about how they're really targeting wing players. That would be ideal. Bridges at nine. Knicks, let's do it. But, you know, I'm excited. We'll see what happens. It's always a fascinating night just to see who moves up. Does anybody move up? Does anyone move down? You know, I think we'll get a good feel for we can really start looking where the Knicks are going to go after this lottery comes up to see, you know, who we need to hope drops. If we move up, great. Let's get Doncic, see what happens. But I think it'll be a really, really interesting uh, uh, lottery for the Knicks. Can we get a little luck? When's the last time we got a little luck? Is it Ewing? Is it that long ago? I don't think they moved up since then. Crazy. Crazy. Um, but we'll review it all next week. Uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll have some more news on the NBA playoffs. And we'll talk about NBA draft lottery. What happened? We'll see what's going on in baseball. But I hope you guys enjoyed this week. Give it a listen. You know, follow me on Twitter, Utility Player Pod. Uh, share it with friends. I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on iTunes. You know, I'm really liking doing this and I want to keep doing it. I'm sorry about this past week. I wish I had one out last week, but I want to keep doing it. And if you ever want to come on, reach out to me. You know, I'm always looking to talk to people about sports. I love doing it. It's what I love doing. So hope you guys like it. Um, let me know what you guys think and we'll talk next week. All right. Bye people.